There are a lot of things that matter to me. Family, community, culture, and peace of mind. Hi, it's Wilmer Valderrama, and when balancing life, I have to say nothing brings more comfort than having support. And when it comes to ensuring those things that matter to you the most, State Farm offers the support with an agent available in person or on the phone to discuss your coverage options. Support when you need it, however you choose. That's State Farm's way. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. A radiophonic novella, Locatora Radio, hosted by Mala Munoz and Diosa Fem. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Locatora Radio. Thank you for tuning in and keeping Brown Girl time with us. Uh, we are really excited about Capitulo Tres because we have three really, really special guests here today. Um, three of our friends from the Mommy Collective who are going to come and talk to us. And today we're serving Mommies and Miches. Yes, on our second capítulo, we called it um, Mimosas. No, yeah, Mimosas and Mommies. But this is a nighttime get-together. So, so. we decided to call it um, Mommies and Miches. And we're actually recording at Shop Me Vida. They are on Avenue 52 and York. Um they're really dope. They're community space. I know we shouted them out in our first capítulo, uh, and we're so lucky that we're being that we're recording here today and that they're hosting us. So shout out to Noel, Dom, and Adriana from Shop Me Vida for holding it down for us. They have a really cute holiday setup right now. They have a ton of pins, earrings, everything that you want 
to give your loved ones. Yeah, and a beautiful, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah, support the vendors who are selling here their original works. And also right now there's an incredible exhibition, like the art that's up at the shop, it's, it's here behind us. A bunch of different artists and their interpretations of La Virgen and like really beautiful. So really come, check it out. And we're just gonna jump into it, our Mommies and Miches episode. So we wanna start off and introduce the mommies that we have today. And I guess we could just start with Maritza. If you wanna introduce yourself, who you are, what do you do, what do you love, and what does mommy mean to you? So hi, pleasure to be here. I'm just really excited for this. Pleasure to have known you all for like what, almost a year now? Which is crazy. I know, (laughs) and it's been amazing. I've learned so much from these women and I'm so grateful to be in this space. Um, So like um, she said, my name's Maritza. What I do for work is I'm a social services coordinator. I work specifically providing services and resources for unaccompanied minors. so that's what I do for work. What I do outside of work? Yeah. Yeah. Anything you want to share with us? Um, outside of work, I try to get as involved as possible in the community. I'm um, fairly new to the Los Angeles area. I grew up in Orange County. Mm-hmm. Um, I was born in Peru, moved to okay. Orange County at a young age. Um, and now because of work, I moved to Los Angeles this past May, and it's been an amazing experience. I feel like I sh- was meant to grow up here. Mm. I sh- was not meant to grow up <laughs> in Orange County. <laughs> um, and it's brought me closer to all of you. So like, I love, I love being in these spaces. I love that there's so much movement within our communities and so much going on. So I'm excited for that um, and to continue to grow within that. Um, so what does mommy mean to me? For me, it's been super fucking empowering, yes. <laughs> especially since getting to know each one of you individually. Um, and like I was talking to Ariana earlier, I sent her <laughs> a selfie, a, po- a photo that I took um, of me wearing like a like low-cut leotard. And like things like that, I would have never honestly worn before. But uh-huh. I think after talking to her and after seeing all of you, to be honest, like be so comfortable in your bodies and loving yourselves just so vividly. Like I've I've been. Oh my <laughs> god! That <laughs> I'm gonna cry a little and bit. This is so cute. <laughs> this is awesome. I love you. I love this. And I've been just so much more comfortable in my body as of the last few months, and like just really loving everything and just before I was very cautious of what I wore and Mm -hmm. like how it looked and and self-conscious about about a lot of things and now like I'm just more open more out there more like it's expressing myself and it's really been a form of empowering myself and that's really something that I've gained from knowing each one of you yes I love that can I just say as someone that saw the selfie that she said Um, Tell us about it. Yes, I am Diosa Femme, a.k.a. Ariana. Um, I don't think I've said my my name on here. (laughs) So Maritza sent me this selfie, and she was wearing this olive green leotard, and her cleavage just looked, yes. This is the picture she sent me. Yes, girl. I'm mad at the group chat, didn't get this picture. (gasps) Send it to the group chat. Send it to the group chat. Yes. Amazing. Oh, my God. Yes. Oh my fucking God. No tape involved. No tape involved. No tape involved. Like her, her thighs are just like looking all delicious and brown. And yes, so thank I'm, you for sharing that with us, Manita. And that picture was great. All of us. I love it. All of us. I'm like proud of that selfie, like for yes. you. Like I'm proud for you. That's beautiful. Um, okay, so we would also like to introduce the other two 
mommies that are here so cool hi everyone my name is Carol um, I'm the nerdy petty brown girl you also may know has gone with the apple bum yes <laughs> I like books bikes and hip-hop and petty memes yes. that's who I am um, a little bit about me I'm in graduate school in urban planning I know some folks have reached out to me and be like hey I do urban planning as well so shout out to the women of color in urban planning because that shit is white mm-hmm. um, and when I'm not doing that I'm being nerdy I also work at a research center so I read a lot and I do work on regional equity and like social movements and how really like hard data can be used to advance social movements yes that's nerdy as fuck um, so yeah and when I'm not doing that I'm talking shit with the mummies on our group chat on our group chat <laughs> Which is so important. I think talking shit can also be fucking political and healing. We're not being a fucking dick about it to people. <laughs> um, what does mommy mean to me? I think it means resilience. Like all of the women in the quote unquote mommy collective that we started through meeting each other, mm-hmm. like have gone through some fucking shit. Yes. Like a lot of fucking shit. And we go through shit every day. And I think that what's really powerful about the group chat or just our relationship is that we support each other unapologetically and unconditionally. Mm-hmm. Like somebody's talking shit on your stuff, like let's go. Let's go. <laughs> like somebody's trying to swing, we're all taking off our hoops. And I think that's very fucking powerful to have friendship that is unconditional. And like I'm a Virgo and I also have a Venus in Leo. So like I need my friends to fucking love me and give me attention. And I suppose romantic partners as well. And I love our <laughs> and I love us because we do that for each other, right? Mm-hmm. No matter what the fucking issue is, we back each other up. And I think that's very powerful as women of color to do that. Especially in times where like being bad petty is also like fucking cool, which is unfortunate. Toxic petty. Toxic petty. Not Not yeah. Toxic, Toxic petty. petty. Yes. You heard it first. You heard it first here. Right here. <laughs> Well, hello everybody. My name is Jessica Salgado. Um, I am a poet, um, professional shit talker, meme creator, um, a hoe on the go, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> um, I, um, yeah, like I, I, that's what I do. I write poems for a living, and I tell them out loud to people. And um, I've been blessed to um, be able to build community with the mummies. And for me, what a mommy means is um, being unapologetic and taking up space, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, especially, like, in this... Sorry, y'all, I'm a little sick, so if I start coughing or <coughs> you hear somebody in the background, just it's just added effect, okay, of how real we are. <laughs> but um, with the mummies, it's just, like, having a platform can be really exhausting and um, being able to connect with other mujeres that ha- are going through the same things as you and that know what that's like and then without it sounding like ego, you know, mm-hmm. where we can... Um, shout out to Prisca and Raquel who are not here who yes. are other mothers. Prisca yes. of Latina Rebels and Raquel who is um, an editor and writer for Latina Magazine and um, so being able to talk with other women about what it is to have a platform and how exhausting that can be sometimes is like really really important for me and also like these ladies are so empowering like if like, the other day, Kara was saying she wasn't having, like, the greatest body positive day. And we were like, bitch, we have receipts. And we started sending her pictures of her <laughs> we have receipts. She, when she looked bomb as fuck. And we were like, don't try to play us or yourself. And so I just like that I'm part of a group of women that are like that. And I get really, really petty really fast. And I appreciate that I have, uh, like, amigas that will, like, be down with my pettiness no matter what I do. Because sometimes other girls be trying to act like they're not about it with you. And then, like, they be subtweeting and shit like that. So the fact that I could, like, 
talk shit to my mujeres. I love that. Yes. That's funny. You know, one of my favorite things about the group chat, which I'm glad you brought up, Jessica, is that we will send each other, like, someone else's picture, like, that's in the group. For instance, mm -hmm. like, if Zoe just posted a... Zoe just posted a picture that she's looking hella bomb. <laughs> we will send it to each other and everybody yeah, will give a compliment. Yes, like, yes, yes. damn, Mala, you look really great right now. Yeah. Like, me and all that. So that's another aspect of our We fangirl over each other. Yes. I think we're each other's biggest fans. We are. Agreed. Which I really love. <laughs> and I actually really like the idea of, like, shit talking as being, like, it could be a good thing. Like, I was seeing, there's an account, Queer Chicano Chisme. Yes. Oh, I love that. I love yes. that yes. So, so there was a thread about how Chisme, like, as, like, oral tradition, mm -hmm. as, like, staying informed, <laughs> as, like, being on top of, like, the news, and as, like, as a way of just being informed. Like, Chisme is like, no, I'm letting you know what's going on, and I'm finding out what's happening, so we're staying, you know, abreast of the situation. So I love it. I think, like, Chisme is our heritage. No, like, if it wasn't for Chisme, like, what was it? Um, I'm part of a collective called Chingona Fire. Mm -hmm. Shout out to my boo, Angela. But um, we were going to perform at some event at a venue that Boyle Heights is boycotting. And I didn't know. And then right here, homegirl Gato hits me up and she's like, hey, did you know? Like, <laughs> I did not girl, say it like that. No, but still, but like, girl, tell me the cheese. Yes. Because I need to know all of the stuff. And we had a conversation and then I was able to tell Angela, like, hey, we can't do this. And she's like, it's a good thing you got your ear to the street. Yeah. Because like, you know, <laughs> but like, it's how cheese, like, we keep each other informed. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like if, if like people give gossip and chisme a bad yes. um, connotation yes. because it's mostly thing that something that how women keep each other yep. informed, and they don't want women to keep each other empowered and informed and informed yes. and so talking like, to each other. Yeah. It's super gendered also, um, and I think there's also like a queerness to chisme as well. I know like a lot of queer folks. Mm -hmm. You know, we, our hoteria is always like talking about chisme, and I know and the tea and the tea, yeah. So there's a lot of yes, chisme as like self preservation or something. I love it. Mm -hmm. Yes. All right. Cool. And that being said, so let's get into like our questions. Let's get into like our discussion topics for this capitulo because we want to talk about love and not just romantic love, but any type of love, however that is, you know, that we interpret it individually. So the first conversation that we want to have is talking about, you know, how do you love yourself? How do you continue loving yourself or learn to love yourself while you're loving somebody else, right? So again, romantic or not romantic, we want to hear what you guys think. Like, how do you navigate that? How do you maintain your love of self and self-care and all of that good stuff while you're pouring your attention into another person, mm. right? Who wants to start? <laughs> I'll, I'll start. I always have a lot to say about anything. But, <laughs> but I think for me, how I maintain a lot of myself while loving other folks, it's like understanding that my art is my own. I'm a writer. I write about being in love, falling out of love, my relationships with people. But I've learned to not apologize of how I write about love within mm. my work. So within my work, I show up authentically as myself at all times. And mm. that's my space. Yeah. So whether it's like I'm super googly eye in love with somebody or I hate them that day or it's for my mama who I feel really great about that day or mm -hmm. I'm frustrated with <coughs> I try to show up as authentically myself within my work and sometimes also it's like knowing that it's easy to get caught up in the bubble you know the relationship bubble mm -hmm. the relationship and um where you disappear from everybody for yes. like two months or whatever so it's kind of like knowing that okay it's been a week since I talked to anybody 
that's not this person that's my lover so I gotta like check in with other mm -hmm. people because there's a whole world that exists out of that kind of love yeah. so it's kind of like always reminding yourself that you belong to multiple worlds yeah. as opposed to the one that you're creating with your partner mm -hmm. Yeah. I love that. And you belong to yourself. Yes. And you belong mm -hmm. to yourself. And that's something I had to learn kind of the tough way. Because for me, a couple years back, like I was in a six-year relationship. Mm -hmm. And when that relationship ended, we had been so consumed in each other for those six years that literally when that relationship ended, I had nobody. Mm -hmm. And it was the hardest thing for me because I had nobody to run to to help me heal, to help me through that process. So I literally had to start from the bottom like working my ass off to rebuild these friendships <coughs> and to um, reconnect and create new friendships. Um, so, so that was tough. So now like that I see that for future relationships, future partnerships that I may have, my main focus will forever be my friends, will forever be my family, yeah. will forever mm. be those people around yeah. me. Like, yeah. yeah, awesome. That person's there and they can be in my life, but I exist before that. Right, mm. right. Expose them. <laughs> Damn, is that the 2016 theme? That's got to yes. yes. Expose, Expose them. them. Expose them. Bam. I agree. <laughs> but yeah, that's for real. It's a, like, it's difficult. It's so interesting to me, like, like hearing Jessica and Maritza talk right now that the fact that, like, you have your whole life and your routine and your friends and your family and your network and your community but then when uh, a romantic partner comes into the picture, it's strange that it then becomes a struggle mm -hmm. to maintain your everyday regular ass shit that you've been living for, for all these years. Mm -hmm. Like all of a sudden, like your world gets kind of like shifted and then now it's work to mm -hmm. see the friends that you've known your whole life and it's work to make sure you, you spend time with your parents. It's interesting to me. Yeah, I mean, it's it because... Love is all-consuming, right? So when, yeah. we, when we fall for someone, like, it's such a good feeling. It's such a high. Like, we want that mm -hmm. all the time. Such a right. euphoria. So, so you're like, oh, it's okay. Like, I can call my tia later. Anytime. Whatever. Because you want to be with this other person that's, like, intoxicating to you. But um, at the same time, you got to remember that, like, that feeling is only, like, going to last for so long. And the relationship is going to start needing work soon, too. Right. And then, like, how are you going to take care of yourself outside of that relationship? Yeah. Because, mm -hmm. like, if you don't have your homegirls to talk shit with... Yeah. Like, how are you going to cope yeah. with the relationship? And then that's how I think sometimes we breed a lot of toxic things where we, like, cut off the outside world and all we know is the relationship. Right. And how we end up being, like, in an abusive situation. Oh, yeah. Know. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. We don't even know. And so you're out of it. You're like, why didn't anybody tell me this was happening? You're like, right. girl, we tried for you when I was You're isolating oh. yourself. Yeah, definitely. Carol, <clears throat> mm. how do you? <laughs> um... How do you love yourself when you're loving someone else? So I won't talk about this in a romantic context. Yeah. But I think with friendships, I'm gonna gas myself. <laughs> I hope this is true. If do you're it. my friend, please tell me if I'm lying. But I try to be as. Oh my God! Exposed when the tables turn. But I try to be like a good friend, and I'm like a fucking ride or die bitch yeah. about shit. And so like sometimes. And by sometimes, I mean all the time. I want people to do that for me as well. Mm -hmm. And I think that when that doesn't happen, and I'm like, what the fuck? I thought we were friends. Mm -hmm. And we, and I was, and I am friends with these people, but I think the way that some others define friendship and I define it are very drastically different. 
Um, so there's moments where I have friend, friendship heartbreaks. I'm like, damn, you didn't do this for me, but I would have done it for you. So like, what's the deal? But the person really had no idea that I have like these very high Virgo expectations of friendship. <laughs> so, so sometimes like it's not, there's no balance. There's not much of a balance in how I conceptualize friendship, mm-hmm. especially when like, I think shit that is reserved for the romantic doesn't have, can, can exist outside of the romantic, right? Like, I could be loving on my friends. I could be touching on my friends in consensual ways. Um, and I could fucking be ride or die for them like a quote-unquote partner would. Um, but when friends don't do that for me, I'm like, what the fuck? I thought we were friends. And we are. Mm-hmm. But just not in the way that I think we are. Yeah, I want to I talk about that a little bit because I've actually gotten into trouble by partners because I love my friends so much like Mm -hmm. they have this idea or partners in the past have had this idea that my affection that I would give to friends is like exclusively for partners Mm -hmm. so shout out to my best friends Richard and Sebastian I know that y'all are listening and I love them so much like you know when you have those friends where you're like in love with them but it's so platonic like Mm -hmm. those are them for me so um navigating relationships and even you know relationships that I may have in the future like romantic ones trying to negotiate that like Mm -hmm. hey like I love these people so much like I love the mommies so much and like you're gonna have to accept that like they're like they're like at the same level as you if you want to be (laughs) you gotta get with my friends you have to you have to get with my mommies you have to you know yes and I come from like what you're saying as well I've noticed that even more in the last like couple months I tend to be this person that I want to fix everyone and not not like (laughs) in a bad way but like anytime somebody has a problem or they feel depressed or they feel like anxiety through work or whatever's going on in their lives like I always want to be the answer Mm. and I'm catching myself now in those spaces where I'm like no I can't always be the answer Mm. I can't always put myself in that situation because I'm dropping everything to try to heal you. Yes. When I need to make sure that I'm healing myself first and not mm. putting myself in the way of like toxic partnerships or toxic anything. Yeah. Mm. Um, so I'm noticing that more as of recently. Um, and just, I've been more vocal about it, especially like with potential partners that I'm like, I, I realize this is happening, but hey, I'm gonna be there for you, but I need that in return. I need mm. that reciprocated. I was like, if I'm going to be down for you, if I'm going to do all these things for you, answer your calls at 4 a.m., calm mm. you down, whatever you need, like, I expect the same in return. Mm. And when it doesn't happen for me, yeah, I get super let down. And I'm just like, yeah. we're not even together yet, but this is what's happening, <laughs> and this is why I'm mad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Mm. Yeah, so maintaining your boundaries while you're yeah. loving yourself, loving somebody else. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And because love blurs boundaries. It does. Mm. It does. Like, all kinds of boundaries. Like, boundaries of time space like there's so much so then to to and I feel like a lot of times what happens in a relationship you fall in love really quickly so all boundaries go out the window in some ways Mm -hmm. so then to then have to reestablish boundaries that's really tricky right Mm -hmm. and then that's where like communication is really important and like that's where you see okay is this a relationship like is it two ways Mm -hmm. Yeah, or, you, or am I feeling a void in this person? Yeah. yeah. Cheese like, I was talking to this dude, and supposedly he hadn't had feelings for anybody like in forever, which is typical guy line, just so you know. And I was just like, <laughs> I haven't liked anybody like this in a long time. Yeah, and then, like, right. Two weeks ago, they were telling somebody, whatever. But, <laughs> so we started talking about to be on the phone all the time because he um, 
worked at night and he was a driver so I would talk to him all night and if he was in my hood he'd bring me like a snack and then we'd like sit in his car and nice it was super cute for two weeks and then I realized that I wasn't writing I wasn't hanging out with friends uh, like I looked up and I had put everything on hold right? right and so one day I just needed to like detach and didn't want to like talk to him so I didn't answer his phone call didn't anything he saw me on Instagram and then he like blew up my phone and then he was just like, I just want to make sure that I'm not getting played. I'm like, hold on, just the fact that the the moment that I set some type of boundary, mm. you went somewhere else, and that's when I knew that like it oh, wasn't good. So the second then, there was a boundary, there was an ultimatum. From yeah, it was end. like I like how do I know you're not playing me? Oh how do I know you're gosh. not there or whatever? And then I was just like, no, I can't. This can't keep right. happening because you want all of me, which is flattering, but like. I have so many other things to do, and because I'm somebody with a platform, there's so many people that want so much of me too. Like, yeah, you gotta be chill with the fact that you're gonna share me with thirteen thousand other people. You're wanted, and, like, girl. And that's gonna you're happen, wanted. and that's my Hello. career. You gotta be cool with me having a fucking career. Yeah, like, yeah. So those are boundaries. And I think you pointed out something important, and I might be projecting, but I'm gonna say it anyway. <laughs> I think, I think, and I've been thinking about this. Um, I think that men want like people to be their mothers. Yeah. Like they'll be like, "Oh, I like this person because they're nice to me," <laughs> and, and I'm like, <laughs> "I'm like, if you like someone because they're nice to you and they ask you if you ate, I'm not concerned. <laughs> like you don't want a partner, you want your mother." And that's a fucking problem. And that's something that needs to be identified with fucking men. Because I think many times men confuse partnerships with, well, I'm going gonna to be your vessel of emotional mm -hmm. and psychological labor yeah. for your ass to succeed. Uh -uh. And keeping you alive. And keep you alive because we're nice, right? Because we're nice. <laughs> so I think that's something that needs to be assessed. And I think it, it merits like a, a better investigation into all the cishet men. Please check yourselves. I really believe that the vast majority of cishet men would greatly benefit from therapy. Oh my God. I recommend Absolutely. all cishet men to go to therapy. I really do. Mm -hmm. It doesn't need to be traditional, like Anglo-Saxon American therapy, like whatever it is that is going to heal you. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Just go out with your boys go, for some beer and some cheese man. Like, you know, like, cheese man. Hug each like other. have a yes. emote, emote. I would like that. I think that would be helpful for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. I think Garo shared this article today about, or was it yesterday, that men... It was Prisca. It was Prisca, that mm -hmm. men could benefit from, like, physical, oh, like, consensual affection stuff. from their yeah. friends. Yeah. That was a beautiful article. Yes. However, I will say that I believe that in some ways, men of color do have, in some ways, mm -hmm. do touch each other, like, non-consensual... Uh, no, consensually, like, in a friendly way, more often than white men do. Yes. Like, if you think about, like the way men of color might hug each other when they say hello, mm. you know, or the way that they shake hands, how it's, like, more prolonged mm -hmm. sometimes. Mm. I don't know. I think that there's, like, subtle there's ways that men of color, mm. like, they, they will touch each other a little bit more. Will they admit that? No, because the homophobia is real, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So they're not going to admit that. But I think that there is, I don't know, I think there's a little bit of a difference in the way that men of color interact with each other versus white men. Yeah, I think everyone should, like, cuddle with their friends. Cuddle! Like, consensually cuddle with their friends. It makes a difference, you know? It totally does. It really does. does. <laughs> mm -hmm. So, I guess we could talk about also, like, like expanding on kind of what I think Garo started talking about is like when the love that you're giving is not being reciprocated, mm -hmm. right? Like how do you like continue to love yourself when 
you're dealing with somebody who's not reciprocating that to you. And I even think that, like, that happens a lot, like, in families. Mm -hmm. Like, I think sometimes you have situations where, like, children, they're, like, really wanting to be lovey-dovey with their parents or with another relative, but maybe that relative is not very affectionate, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I think that there are some mothers who are not very affectionate mothers, right, mm -hmm. outwardly. So how do you how do you love yourself when you're not receiving the type of love that you want and you need, you know, like mm -hmm. to feel validated and and special? I have this saying that I tell myself whenever I um, started. I was a part of a group of friends, and it became very like clicky. Like um, there was like the queen bee in the group, mm. and she would purposely hang out with other people and leave one person out, and she felt you needed it's to be so punished mean. for something, right? Very mean girl, mm. like totally mean girl scenario. Mm. But while going through that and me being the person that was being excluded, I came up with this saying that says, you can't be everything for everyone. Right. Right? And I was just like, all I could be is Jessica. And just whatever that means, whatever that is, however that shows up. And in all these friendships, when I feel that people are gravitating more for someone else, or they're being louder in their love towards someone else, or like, <coughs> there was a time where I wasn't the party girl. So when my friends went out and partying without me, I was just like, I can't be everything for everybody. Like, I'm just who I am. Mm. And I have to be okay with that. Like, I have to stop trying to be, to fit every single part that this person needs in their life, you mm -hmm. know? And, and I have to be okay with our friendship existing the way that it does. <laughs> and um, it's hard, but that's how I, like, I usually, so if you ever see me post that online, it's because I'm having one of those days where I need mm. to be like, it's cool. Like, it's cool, Jessica. Like, people have other needs that you can't meet. Yeah, and sometimes yeah. we gotta be aware of that, you know? Because I think we think that love fills everything, right? And I'm like, right. I love it you. Like, like, you should just be okay with me. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think in my last relationship, I, I came to that realization that, like, love isn't enough. And that was a really hard realization for me to have because I, this person really loved me, you know, but I needed something more. There was maybe the type of love she was giving me. It wasn't what I needed at the time. And I'm, still, I'm still processing the end of that relationship. Um, but yeah, like having that, that moment, like, oh my God, like love is not everything yeah. and it's not enough that it will sustain me, right? Mm. Mm. Feels. Drink, Feels. Drink my michelada. <laughs> <laughs> Take a sip of my michelada right now. I had a friendship that like ended like very strangely and abruptly and like it was a type of friendship where like I was always hitting her up and like I was always inviting her out and always making sure she felt included mm. right but then like the second I didn't text her and I like was kind of I was like I'm gonna experiment with this situation because I really feel like this bitch will not text me back like will not text me if I'm not the first one to initiate right mm -hmm. yeah and a month went by and I didn't hear from her. Two months went by, three months. It's been a couple years and I have not heard Damn. from her. Wow. You know what wow. I'm saying? So it was a type of situation where it was strange to me because if I hit her, if I hit her up, she would always say, yeah, let's go out, let's hang out. But then when it came to like seeing if, if she even thinks of me or wants to include me in things or wants mm -hmm. to invite me out or, you know, that wasn't happening, you know, on her end. So it was really strange to me when that 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 friendship ended because it, like when it ended it ended, mm. you know. And so like I don't know like has anybody else had that type of friendship where like you're you're the one putting in like yeah I'm planning stuff we're going out but they really don't put that effort back in. I had a best friend 25 years. We met in kindergarten. We were friends for such a long time and I was the one I was doing all the emotional work in a relationship and she was always very quick to point out my shortcomings mm. and all these things so I was always the one like I'll change 
I'll do better, I'll do these things. And then when, um, maybe like around five years, four years ago, I started going through this whole new growth, like this new personal growth, coming out of a depression and like all these ugly parts of, these dark places of my life, you know, and finding um, medical help for my, like my mental illnesses and all that kind of stuff. So I came into a better me and she didn't believe that I was a better person. So she kept bringing up this old Jessica that did something in high school. Like I kissed a boy she liked in high school or some shit. <coughs> and she kept bringing it up. And her friendship was just getting more and more exhausting until one day she told me to get out of her life. And I said, I can't, I can't stay where I'm not wanted. And yeah. I dipped out in 20, over 25 years of friendship died like that. Wow. Yeah. But, you know, other than that, like, but even in that it was a very sad friendship to lose, but I found a freedom. Because mm. I, I lost this fear of always losing. There was always this constant fear of losing this person. And so once I lost them, I saw that I was fine. Yeah. And I was just like, well, we've been a part of each other's lives for so long, you're always going to be family. So, like, I don't hate her, but she doesn't have to actively be in my life. Right. Because it was too exhausting. Yeah. <coughs> That's real. Yeah. I'm finding it hard to answer the question, and I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> Are you that friend, Carol? No! <laughs> Rude. No, but then it's like, I think it's like, am I pulling... Do, not that I don't love myself, but are there moments where I pull or extract energy from my friends so that they can help me love myself? And do oh. I need to be walked through that? And if that's the case, then I need to go to counseling, which I do have an appointment on Thursday. What's <laughs> yes. good? What's yes. good? I'm about we, to get me some we pills. Like that. We, we like better. That. I love we that. We like that. For real. Yeah. I'm done. Um, so I think that's a very that's a very important thing to assess. Like I had like this kind of serious situation in school happen the other day. And, like, I found myself, like, telling a bunch of friends because I needed reassurance, even though through even just Caucasian logic, I knew <laughs> that what was happening didn't make sense. It was and unjust. I, and it was unjust just in general, mm -hmm. right? Like, being one of the few brown kids from the fucking hood, like, at this really white school and graduate program is fucking scary and stressful. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I just don't believe in myself. But then I'm like, well, fuck, like, hella folks back me up left and right, so, so why are you judging yourself? And so I, I think that points out that, like, I find my love for myself or my value, which is kind of sad, but I mean, that's why I love my folks so hard through my folks. And they remind me and they'll like slap me and be like, what the fuck are you talking about, bitch? You're fucking fly like y'all did in the group right. chat the other time. <laughs> um, so I think my friends are a reflection or mirror and obviously I have very powerful and like dope ass, I don't give a fuck friends. Mm -hmm. So I think I get my energy from you all, which is just a realization I just had. Which I think is, I think is also really nice, Gato, what you're saying because like you're you're taking what you're given. Does that make sense? That sounds weird when I say it. You're taking you're like, like you're absorbing like, what you're also putting out into the into your friend universe. Oh, you get me? Like a boomerang. Yes, so it's coming back to you. Like yeah. the way like when you needed like to be uplifted. I know that I've texted the group chat in like a panic about something and Gato will back me up and be like yeah. you got this like you're mm. good we're here for you we love you and all this so I feel yes. like you know you're putting that out into the universe and that's why it's it's also coming back to you mm. boomerang effect and, and boomerang there's effect. nothing wrong with wanting to be seen and wanting to be made feel valid yes mm. like I think we're 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 told that like as mujeres we're supposed to be these badass bitches that don't want anything, don't need yeah. anything. But that's not true. Like we're people of mm. community. We come from a culture like our ancestors mm. lived in tribes and communities, and so yeah. we need mm. that to thrive, like to thrive off of yes. each other. Yeah. And this whole like um, 
independent individual like white idea that's so a capitalist white bullshit, you know? yeah yes. <laughs> like we're people that like call our parents every day that like mm-hmm. have dinner with our families that, that live with our families yes live with them so like for you to want to feed off of the people that you love is not like a bad thing it doesn't right. say anything about you also this notion of like like no one can love you if you don't love yourself is stupid like let me just get into that because it keeps getting going around right it's just like you gotta love yourself if you want to feel love or you can't love anybody if you don't love yourself that's really fucked up to tell people that they're not worthy of love if they haven't found reasons mm-hmm. to love them to love themselves yes, yes. You know? right and so sometimes our friends are the ones that help get us to the place where we could be like oh shit i'm bomb yeah, yeah. but before mm-hmm. that like we don't see it so it's up to our community yeah. to like be our mirror and tell us like this is who you are and this is how much you're valued and I yeah. learned that recently that my love language is words of affirmation. So mm. for me to feel, I guess, validated or feel like I'm making a difference in somebody's life, like I need to hear it from you. Mm. I need you to tell me. Even in the workplace, for me, like I need somebody to tell me, yeah. "Hey, you're doing a good job." Like, that is yes, also you my helped, language. <laughs> you help these kids, or even like when families come into our office and they're just mm. like so grateful for all the work that we do for them. I'm just like break down because mm-hmm. I see. I see it just like in front of me, right. like all the work and all, every all the growth and all the just love that we're putting out there in the community, and even in partnerships, I, I like to hear that I'm valued, that I'm appreciated more than anything. So that's how I know, and and then that's how I am able, I guess, to like recycle that back and give it back to you <laughs> yes. through words of affirmation. Interesting, I like. Now, y'all made me think of, like, so this year, (laughs) I've started discovering a lot, or maybe this past year and a half, about mental health through friends. Like, friends would post stuff, and then, like, I would, like, Google things or, like, shout out to Tumblr and, like, read about mental illness, and I was like, oh, shit, that's me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, like, the past year and a half, I've been discovering a lot about mental health and anxiety, and I've also just had, side, side note, like, physical symptoms of anxiety, Quick fact, if you are having an anxiety attack, it's possible to get a bloody nose because your um, capillaries could pop because your blood is flowing so quick. Mm. So if that happens to you, I mean, it's it's normal for an anxiety attack. Like, don't freak out. Uh, like it happened pati- to me. Or like petechiae, like popped blood vessels yes. and stuff. Yeah. Like, the, those are physical symptoms of an anxiety oh my attack. God, Shut yeah. up. I just didn't know. My nose started bleeding. I was like crying. And I was like, oh, fuck. Yeah. Um, side note. But I've been posting a lot about uh, mental illness on Instagram because that's just who I am. Like, my days have been bad fucking 2016. But, like, folks will message me and be like, hey, like, I feel that too. Like, I I thought I was the only one. And I was like, I thought I was the only one. And I thought I was fucking weird for telling everybody I have mental health issues. So I think, like, through social media, at least in spaces of color that I know, like, we've seen kind of this opening or this vessel where we could talk about our issues with mental health and be okay with that and not feel embarrassed right because when I first started talking about it I felt embarrassed or like I wanted to hide it from my family but now I don't like when I had that breakdown and I had to leave work because I'm fucking crying and have a bloody nose um I told my mom I was like I gotta go it was right after the election I just burst literally Mm -hmm. yeah blood um and like I told my mom and and she was like yeah She's like, don't, like, don't worry, like, you'll be fine. If you need to go to the hospital, you should. But she wasn't, like, stigmatizing it. Or, like, I think, yeah. I assume my mother would stigmatize mental health, but I was wrong. And I've been wrong about, like, what my mother would know or not know mm-hmm. many times throughout mm-hmm. my life. But my mother was very supportive and, like, understood what I was talking about. 
And so I think that goes to show again, as like folks of color, children mm-hmm. of immigrants, like our parents haven't did so much around mental health, but they haven't always had the yeah. platform like Instagram or yeah. whatever yeah. to tell us or talk yeah. about it. And I, I, I was, go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> I think that's really, um, you brought up something that I actually wanted to, to talk about, but I wasn't, this is just a good transition is what I'm trying to say. My mother actually the other day told me that I didn't have a mental illness and that I don't even, we were talking, I was telling her that I was looking, up, looking at therapists and I was just, I'm trying to like feel better about myself and just like trying to get my mental health in a better place and all this stuff. And I also have been struggling on and off with an eating disorder for the past over five years mm-hmm. and she, she knows that. So she tells me like, well, you don't have a mental illness. And I kind of just sat there and I was like, oh, okay, so everything that I've been telling you for the past year isn't really valid or what's going on. So then for me, it's like my mom has so much of her own trauma and her own mm-hmm. issues with mental health that she doesn't want to see it in me mm-hmm. and also doesn't want to think about how she contributed to that mm-hmm. either, you know? So it's kind of this really weird place that I'm trying to navigate right now where I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, I know that it's not that black and white and you're not like evil for saying this you know but also like that's kind of fucked up you know when I'm Mm -hmm. telling you like everything that I've been feeling and then you want to be like well no not really (laughs) that's the thing because a lot of our parents grew up with mental illness looking a specific way right Mm -hmm. the manicomio that you're hysterical Mm -hmm. and you can't function or whatever when I was in high school I got diagnosed with manic depression which is bipolar I forget what which one of it is but it's bipolar and my therapist wanted to medicate me my parents were like, nope. Like, we're cool with her going to therapy. Like, we're already doing a lot by her talking to you, whatever. But really quickly, like, because of things that I used to say in therapy, social workers came to my home. Mm-hmm. Um, because my dad was an alcoholic and he would drive while we were drunk. Or, you know, things that are not fucked up to our parents were happening in, in our home. And they were fucked up situations where my therapist felt I was in danger. Yeah. <coughs> so for them, it became like this thing that um, therapy is really, like, fucking up your family mm-hmm. and like this is dark thing and so um I always continued with it and I always like took care of myself um emotionally mentally through my writing so I was I learned coping mechanisms outside of that but I always think like who would I have been had I been able to take what I needed when I was 16 17 like how different would my life yeah. have been you know and um, I can't really get too angry at my parents because they didn't know any better right they were just doing what they could with what they had and, um, like, it sucks, you know, that you're like, oh, man, you're the people that I love the most, and you're the people that were supposed to take care of me, but you didn't even know how to take care of me. Right. You didn't even know how to take care of yourselves. Yes. Yeah. You were self-medicating with alcohol, you know, and um, mm-hmm. it's the cycle, and I think, like, as we're learning in social media, it, like, helps us all get in yeah. touch with more things. Like, it's super dope, but it's also good to keep in mind and to always check ourselves that, um... Always check ourselves when we are quick to self-diagnose, you know? Yeah. Because yes. a lot of times, and I know all of us are talking about this separately, that we're quick to call certain things disabilities. And sometimes you might just be going through an anxious period. And I know I'm talking about somebody, though. <laughs> you know exactly who you are. <laughs> but, like, people are quick to, like, call themselves disabled. And it takes away from the people, like, from Caro, like, from Caro who had, like, a real situation that, like, where she had to physically remove herself from somewhere, where I have an idea with anxiety, but my anxiety has never been that, where it's manifested itself physically. Like, maybe it's just been more like, I, like I just cry, or I, I, I just want to get out of a room, but I would never compare it to, like, the level of other things. But I think what I'm trying to get to 
is that everything is hyper-focused on social media. Yeah. Mm. So when we're looking at things, we should always be mindful of when we self-diagnose and to always check in with, like, a therapist or a counselor. Yeah, absolutely. To Thank always, you, see, you know, speak to other people. I know we don't all have the medical resources, but you can always ask, like, hey, I'm broke. How can I get access to mental care? Right. Yeah. Or something I, like that. I'm glad that you brought that up. I was, I was thinking about the idea of self-diagnosis because there is – a danger to self-diagnosis and also a stigma, right? On the flip side, there's this reality that like you can read about symptoms and experiences that reflect your mm-hmm. own, right? And right. might give you a hint <laughs> mm-hmm. that what you're dealing with might be, right, a mental yeah. health issue that maybe you should go check in with the therapist. But reading up about knowing the definition of trauma does not mean that you are traumatized, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's not the same thing. Knowing I, the definition yeah. of mental health does not mean that you have a mental illness. I think we're in this climate right now where people, where it's like a trendy thing to take on causes and to take on, like, to use certain words without knowing the meaning behind them. And so using the word disabled or using words like trauma are, are very dangerous things to always use in broad strokes. Right. Because mm-hmm. we're taking the power away from the people that actually have these things or have endured these things and have like gain the courage to say like I am you know I have this trauma I'm a survivor of XYZ or I have a disability and this is my disability where a homegirl shows up that's just like has a, has had a bad month and it's like I have a disability because I like have here's, and here's my here's here's where my issue comes in is you you cannot use your or you should not or I would hope that you wouldn't use like your 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 experience as a weapon against somebody else yes mm-hmm. right mm. so you don't claim oh well i go off and cuss at people with less social capital than me and less of a voice than me and i cuss at people online because i have a mental illness which is really just a way of saying that well you don't want to be held accountable mm-hmm. for causing harm to others mm-hmm. right because and that's also offensive to people who do have mental illnesses because what are you saying that people who have mental illnesses diagnosed, medicated or not medicated, don't know how to control themselves mm-hmm. or don't know how to hold themselves accountable or don't know how to be good to other people or don't know how to be good to other people mm. because that's not really always how it works, you know? Yeah, I mean so, at, at the end of the day, it's all about like like when we were talking about this whole episode, it's about love and how you love yourself and how you show up in situations where you love other people. Right. And like we're all dealing with a bunch of different kinds of traumas, even just as people of color. Yeah. Existing in spaces that don't welcome us and don't want us in these spaces. Mm-hmm. But it's just like, how do you show up as the best you and how do you magnify that love that you have for yourself, like towards other people? If like most of what you're based on is not that, then like you're fucking up somewhere. Right. And you need to like take a second and like chill out and like go light some candles and like drink some beer by yourself or like whatever it is yeah. that you need to do. Bring some sage. <coughs> But um, everything that we're supposed to do is for our own betterment and the betterment of who we are as people. And sometimes if you don't know how to do that, then just chill out and let somebody else do it until you can figure it out. Mm-hmm. How did we get here? Cheese I don't right? know. Cheese <laughs> man. Via oh. cheese man. Cheese self Via self-love and cheese man. Yeah. Right? Self-love. Cheese man for self-love. Yeah. But I think, I think we've, we've talked about a lot today just in the past what like 45 minutes yes and i think um maybe if we want to 
if we have anything that we want to say in final closing, words. final words, because we need to wrap up, you know. Um, I know everybody has places that they need to be, and we want to thank everybody yes. for coming today. Thank, thank you, you for having us. Jessica, Maritza, Caro, for showing up and for talking to us and our listeners. So is there any last words, anything else that you guys want to say on the topic or, or anything for the listeners who tuned in for this Capitulo 3? Just celebrate yourselves, you know, uh, celebrate mujeres around you that are creating amazing content. Like this podcast is so necessary. Like I get to travel and meet other Latinas and just people when they go do poetry in other, in other cities. And the fact that Locatora Radio has been like mentioned in oh, another city. That yay! Kind of, like, makes me so excited. Thank you, Jessica. And so it's like when I, if you're listening to this and you're a chingona that's in another city, and whatever, just like always reach out. We're all hella like we all met partying. We met at a meetup. <laughs> we met like but but and the way that we met is so fucking funny <laughs> because like we met up, right? And we were supposed to go to one location. <laughs> But one of the mommies, and I'm, I'm not going to expose her because, you know, I'm not, not going to be rude. Her, yes. But one of the mommies had an empty bottle of what, I don't know, what I don't remember what it was. I think it was an empty bottle of tequila or whiskey or something in her purse. Hennessy. Hennessy. Let's be real. Yeah. I think it was Hennessy. I don't remember, but she had an empty bottle in her purse. So we were going to get in line to go to the Down and Out. Because that was the location that, like, Latina Rebels and Chicona Fire put out blasts to everybody. Mm-hmm. Meet us at the Down and Out. So every, you guys were expecting, I don't know how many people. It, a lot. Yeah. A lot. You're expecting a lot of people. I saw the post online, and I was like, I'm going. I yes. have to meet these girls, right? So we get there, and we're all getting into the Down and Out. Everything's fine. But then our one homegirl who had the <laughs> bottle, they stopped her. They searched her purse. They found the bottle, and they were like, you can't come in. And she was like a very integral person who needed to be there, right? They were like, we can't let you into the down and out. So then the rest of us are like, what the fuck? And like, Priska is like, we're expecting like a fuck ton of like women to show up, like for us. You have to let us in. And they were like, no, like you can't. It was so dramatic and like unnecessary. So then we went across the street to Onyx Lounge, and then we turned up, and then we met each other and it took was, selfies, and yeah, it was beautiful. It was like over 30 something Latinas just partying in a room. And like I remember I was at a bar and a dude was just like, is it your birthday? I'm like, no. It's just, <laughs> it's just a bunch of us celebrating ourselves without any of y'all. Yes. And like, but like that's how we met, like through partying. And like shout out to like all the women that are like have layers and are like multifaceted mm-hmm. that do everything, you know. And it's just like just celebrate yourselves and go out and you'll meet a chingona, you'll meet a mommy anywhere. And like we're always down to like have a good time. Yeah. Yes, we are complex <coughs> beings. You know, I think that was, like, probably one of the highlights of 2016 was, like, meeting all of y'all in real life because I know we all followed each other via social media. Like, Maritza followed me when I was living in Peru, and she followed me because she's, I don't know how, she saw, we were connected somehow via social media. It turns out she's Peruana, she, her, she like, still has family in Peru, and we ended up talking via social media that way. And then comes that turns out that she organizes with one of our friends here in, or- or in Orange County. So it's just small world. We're all connected, yeah. and it's really great. So I'm really glad that we all met in real life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Last word? Got him? Mm, vulnerability is important. Yeah. Yes. That's it. Beautiful. <laughs> Love it. Thank you. Um... I think just a reminder that there are resources out there for us that, mm-hmm. that we can definitely utilize. I mean, I work with unaccompanied minors, and I work um, like advocating mental health um, and therapy and all, all of these 
um, thanks to our two families, especially um, it's primarily Central American families, and just talking to them about, about mental health and destigmatizing it, like we were mm -hmm. talking about, um, and just starting that conversation with them about the importance. And I'm constantly telling them, you should treat your your mental health like you would treat your physical health. Mm -hmm. If you're hurt and you cut your leg and you need to go to the hospital, like you would obviously do that right away. Why would we treat our mental health any differently? Like it's just as important. Um, so I'm constantly advocating for that and talking to our families and finding resources for our, our, our unaccompanied minors because they've been through some shit. Mm -hmm. And um, it's just providing them these outlets that they so desperately need. And the more I've networked with other organizations, there's so much, so much funding and resources out there that's put specifically for our communities that we need to utilize. Mm -hmm. um, so they're out there. Um, we can always connect you with those things if you if you want to know more. Um, I'm specifically located in downtown LA, so th that's kind of the network that I'm into right now. I just started seeing a therapist last Thursday that I'm absolutely oh, in love yes. with. Um, so I'm I'm so looking forward to to what's gonna happen and grow yeah. there. Beautiful. That's great. Thank Excited. you for sharing that. So I guess for us, from Las Locatoras, yes. Mala and Diosa, our last words would be thank you for tuning in. Yes. Uh, thank you for listening to us again and for supporting and for listening to Maritza, Jessica, and Caro talk about, you know, love and mental health and all the, and she's and all the shit that we like to talk about on the regular anyways. And um, we are going to be posting announcements for our next capítulo, the yes. number four. This so look our, out for that. Yes, this is our last capítulo of 2016. Yes. So we have so many wonderful things planned for 2017. So stay tuned. Um, yeah, we'll be posting announcements on Instagram and all the other exciting things we have planned. So yeah, thanks for listening. Thank you. Besitos. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I used to have so many men. How this beguiling woman in her 50s She looked like a million bucks. scams a bunch of famous athletes out of untold fortunes Nearly $10 million was all gone. It's just unbelievable. Hide your money in your old rich man because <laughs> she is on the prowl. Listen to Queen of the Con, Season 5, The Athlete Whisperer on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and my podcast, Climbing in Heels, is back and better than ever. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project, or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? 
I'm still just as obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. Climbing in Heels is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. That's right. 